series that we called Overcomer. And uh, over the last few weeks, we've heard from different people who have shared around this, this theme. And uh, we've been encouraged to overcome with regards to praise and worship. And Julie ably led us in that. We took the opportunity to say that when we're at our worst, that's when God's at his best. And that's when God will allow, enable us to overcome. We had the joy, I had the joy of interviewing Lisa, our community manager here, as she spoke about the negative cycles of her, of her life. And the key thing that stood out to me was how the, the breaking of those negative cycles and the overcoming was rooted in her love of God, her newfound love of God, and then her devotion to that every single day. And then we, last week, heard from a video recording from a great church pastor in North America by the name of Chris Hodges, Pastor Chris Hodges, that a few of us had the joy of visiting his, his church in, um, in Alabama of this year, uh, pioneered 14 years ago, and now numbers uh, well over 30,000 people in the life of the church, doing incredible things in that area. And he spoke about overcoming one of the great things that many people suffer with, of insecurity. I say all that because all those uh, messages are found on the podcast, and I was just talking to a gentleman, it's his second time in, and he, yeah, I, just intru- I, I asked him his name, and he said who he was, and I said, I'm Christian. He said, oh, I've been listening to you on the podcast. I said, well, that's interesting. So uh, you can listen to the messages on the podcast if you've missed any of them, because I'm sure they will bless you. So I want to just draw it all to a conclusion this morning, and I want to talk about the one thing an overcomer needs. The one thing an overcomer needs. So, what I'd like us to do is just look, first of all, at a story. We're going to look at it on the DVD of a guy who has really understood the power of overcoming. And you can also hear that there is one thing that has enabled him to overcome. So I wonder if we'd run the, the video. I wasn't ready. legs, but I'm very thankful that I have my little chicken drumstick here. <laughs> People freak out when they see me for the first time. It's so cool. I was at a water slide um, all by myself. Everyone obviously at the bottom of the slide is looking up and waiting for other people to come down. And here I come and they're freaking out. They're like, you know, like this. And I'm so tempted to look at myself and go, what happened? You know. There were times where I sort of looked at my life and thinking, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. And you keep on concentrating on the things that you wish you had or the things that you wish you didn't have. And you sort of forget what you do have. And there's no point, I believe, in my life where I wish I had arms, legs, I wish I had arms, legs, I wish I had arms, legs, because wishing won't help. But what I've seen in life are just a couple key principles. And the first thing that I've seen is to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful, man. I tell you, when I was eight years old, I, I sort of summed up my life and thought, I'm never going to get married. I'm, you know, I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to have a life of purpose. 
kind of a husband am I going to be if I can't even hold my wife's hand? It's a lie to think that you're not good enough. It's a lie to think that you're not worth anything. I can't feel my hands. <laughs> I love life. You know, so many people come and say, how come you smile so much? And I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's a long story. <laughs> but it's very simple at the same time. You see, it's very hard to smile sometimes in life. There are things that happen that you don't know and you don't understand and you don't know if you're going to get through it. You know, you go through your storms in life and you don't know how long this storm is going to be. And today I want to share with you some principles that I've learned in my life that you can use in yours. Being patient is beautiful. I, I tell you, it's the hardest thing. But I realize I may not have hands to hold my wife's hand. But when the time comes, I'll be able to hold her heart. I don't need hands to hold her heart. You know, it is scary to know how many girls have eating disorders. It is scary to know how many people are just angry at life because of their situation at home and angry at others. It's scary to know how many people actually feel like they're worth nothing. Every single girl right here, right now, I want you to know that you are beautiful. You are gorgeous just the way you are. And you boys, you're the man. <laughs> On this DVD. Thanks, guys. I hope you found that inspiring. I won't go into too much of his story because that's not my purpose of the message, but uh, I was made aware of uh, the guy, Nick, I, I think his, he pronounced his name Vidudic or something like that. It's got a, a, a you know, a, a, almost an Eastern European surname. And as you can hear from the twang, he's from Australia. He's actually a Christian. He's a Christian guy. And I heard him tell his story with regards to, just alluded to a little bit about the fact that he didn't think he would ever make anything or do anything. He's now married, got a beautiful wife, and actually goes around the world telling people how you can overcome. And so this morning, I just wanted to use that as a little bit of an inspiration again for us to just something to arise within us of that spirit of an overcomer. I want to take your attention to John chapter 16. If you've got a Bible, if not, it's going to come on the screen. And I want to just, for a moment, just try and drive into this because this has been the verse that we've used most weeks and it's Jesus talking. And he says this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Everybody say trouble. I said a couple of weeks ago, you might feel like you married it. You might feel like you work for it. You might feel you gave birth to it. But the reality is we will have trouble. But Jesus said, take heart. I have overcome the world. We're just going to leave that on the screen for a moment. It says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's just think for a moment. 
Because Jesus is making such a powerful declaration, not only to his age that he was living in, but also the ages, the generations to come. He says this, I'll repeat myself, I have overcome the world. We've been, for those who've been watching the athletics, we've seen different runners and different athletes trying to overcome. And for those who were interested in watching Usain Bolt, he overcame the challenge of Justin Gatlin. I think you pronounce his name, Gatlin, yeah. And it was a little bit of a close call in the 100 meters, but absolutely thrashed him in the 200 meters. And then, I didn't see it, but then we saw Mo Farah. Again, just incredible overcoming attitude of running. And taking the gold yet again. What we're talking about here is not Jesus taking an Olympic gold or a world championship medal. We're talking about him overcoming the world. And not just in his age, but in ages to come. What am I talking about? This overcoming that Jesus declared and I declare to you today. was he was saying, I have conquered. I have prevailed. I have gained the victory. I have succeeded. You see, you say, well, what has Jesus overcome? What are you talking about? Well, the basic issue in the world at that time and still in the world today is sin. And at that particular point, Jesus came into the world and it was all about law. It was all about do's and don'ts. It was all about coming to God through the blood of animals, sacrifices. And that's how they came to God. But what they realized is that that in itself was insufficient. Because people couldn't keep the law. They had no power to keep the law. And they kept getting it wrong and kept messing up. And so God, in his wisdom, sent his one and only son, Jesus. This is the story of why Jesus came. It's not in in, him in in a cradle. You know, people have that image in their mind. Jesus came born as a baby, but came into the world to grow as a man with the purpose of eventually dying upon a cross as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. He broke the power. He conquered the power of sin and death. He prevailed over sin and death. Where law couldn't complete it, Christ's death and grace did. That is why many of us can sit here, not as perfect people, but as contented people. We can sit here as free people because of what Jesus has done and what we have received from Jesus. This is why Jesus made this bold declaration, I have overcome the world. He overcame the sin and the shame that sin carries. Some people here today, You're still living in sin. The sin that has got a hold of you. And it carries shame. It carries guilt. It carries condemnation. But Jesus Christ broke through that power. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians verse 15. Verses 55 or 54 to 57. Then the same will come. True. Death Swallowed by triumphant life. Who got the last word? Oh death. Oh death. Who's afraid of you now? It was sin that made death so frightening. And law code guilt that gave sin its leverage. Its destructive power. 
But now, in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, and death, are gone. The gift of our Master, Jesus Christ, thank God. That is why Jesus declared, I have overcome. If you are held by sin and guilt and death, then Jesus' power has not been made real in your life. But today, Jesus wants to make himself real to every person who's seated here. Every person that's in this building, young or old, bad or good. He wants to make himself real to you by breaking the power of sin and guilt and death over your life. He has overcome. Jesus, yeah, I think that's worth a round of applause. Jesus was the only one perfect and powerful enough to prevail and conquer the full force of hell. Listen to me today. If hell has its hold on you today, the bondage of sin, you feel like you're a slave. You're breathing, but you're not living. You're not free today. Only Jesus, only Jesus, only that name that's above every other name is powerful enough to break hell's power. It's as simple as this, putting your trust in Jesus. Lisa said when she gave the interview, she'd read a book about handing the steering wheel of your life to God. That's what we're talking about. If it's too strong for you, if you feel heavy laden and burdened, then Jesus wants to overcome in your life. I just simply ask you at the end of my message, it's going to be a simple message. I'm just going to invite people to simply put their trust in Jesus. And as you simply put your trust in Jesus, I want to tell you, chains will be broken. I want to tell you, bondage will be removed. I want to tell you, guilt will be taken. I want to tell you, the the power of sin over your life will be broken in Jesus' name. So Jesus said, I have overcome. But this is so powerful. Because this overcoming spirit that Jesus talks about, he has made available to all who put their trust in him. So it's not just the promise of a guilt-free life, you know, free from sin, knowing that we're going to meet Jesus and God when we ultimately die. But there's something more that he offers us because he offers us an overcoming spirit and the power to overcome now while we live here. And this is what I want to talk about because I really believe that the spirit of an overcomer, as I look at the life of Jesus, and this is where I've wanted to go with it, I was trying to just really look at Jesus' life and saying, he was the ultimate overcomer. He overcame everything. And what was the one thing? What was the one thing that Jesus had? What was the one thing that he had in abundance? And the spirit of overcomer is rooted in this one thing. Purpose. Purpose. During the autumn, we're going to be talking about purpose a lot more. There's a reason behind that. Because I come across so many people 
as I talk to them, just normal people like you and I. And they lack any sense of purpose. You talk to them. They don't really know where they're going. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't really know what they were born for. And then I turn on the news or often I read the papers. If anybody ever, ever seen an app, it was Chris who introduced me to this. If you do all the apps, it's called Flipboard. It's brilliant news articles, just terrific. And that can either exhilarate you or can depress you. The news can do that to you, can't it? Because as you turn on the news, you can be exhilarated by a lack of purpose and think, I've got the answer to that because Jesus resides in me and I need to shout it as loud as I can. I can't shout as you can still hear with my throat. But shout it as loud as we can that Jesus is alive and he will give you purpose. But there's another side to it that you can read the news and you can be so demoralized because of the lack of purpose that people live with. Only this week I was reading the news of a young girl, 13-year-old girl who lost her mom. I think it was to breast cancer and as a result of it, she had a loving father, but she just felt life wasn't worth living. 13 and she hung herself. Just a lack of purpose in her life. I don't blame that family at all. It's horrendous circumstances. But what takes a little girl? We had one in Mansfield. And there's been stories that have come out since. Of her, just goes and hangs herself. I've had to deal with two contexts where this has happened pastorally. We've had suicide involved and it's just horrendous. Horrendous for, you just think what the state of mind is of the person and the family that it leaves, just terrible. It's all rooted in a lack of purpose. The US Today polled a group of Americans. It's an American newspaper media outlet. And they said this, if people could ask God one question, what would it be? Do you know what the answer was? What they wanted to ask God? This is what polled the greatest. What's my life purpose? I want to ask God, what was my life's purpose? You may be here today wondering what your life's purpose is all about. In a moment, well, we can do it now if we can. I wonder if the guys would just hand out a card. I've produced a card for you while the lovely Olivia has helped me to do it this morning. And um, I just want to hand these cards out to you very quickly. Don't let it take too long and don't start chattering amongst yourselves because I know what you guys are like. You love to chat and whatever. You've got plenty of time afterwards to do that. We're just going to pass them down the aisles. And, and on the card, just as you get one, it just, in bold writing, it just says the word purpose. Everybody say purpose with me. One, two, three. Purpose. You can do better than that. One, two, three. Purpose. And then the question is this, or the statement that I'm wanting you to look into is my God-given purpose in life is to... Can you remember blankety-plank, those who are old enough? Blankety-plank, blankety-plank, blankety-plank. Get out of here, Andy Richardson. He's shaking his head at me. We all know it's a load. Here's a flipping fibber on about he doesn't know what it is. <laughs> Fill in the blank. What is my God-given purpose? 
You've got to be able to write it in two sentences. I'm not asking you to do it now, so please put your pens away. What I am wanting you to do is take it home with you. I want you to give this some thought. And if necessary, write some notes on it, just as I talk. Because this will, I'm telling you, give you fresh meaning to your life. Are you breathing or are you living? Hello? We've just seen a guy who has no legs and arms. He's living. He's not just existing. He's living. There are some people who have two arms, two legs, a great brain, good looks, money, and they have no sense of purpose. Can you hear me today? So what I want you to do is just consider this thought for a moment. Because the spirit of an overcomer is found in one area. And this is what I found in Jesus was a clear sense of purpose. There's a quote that I want to bring to you today about talking about purpose. And Laurie Jones says this, a purpose statement And this is what, in essence, I've given to you, is, in essence, a written-down reason for being. Jesus' mission helped him decide how to act, what to do, and even what to say when challenging situations arose. Clarity is power. Once you are clear about what you are, what you have been put here to do, then jobs become only a means towards accomplishing your mission, not an end in themselves. One of our young guys, who I just, I spent time with a number of our young guys, just trying to help them and encourage them and be a blessing to them. And the little that I've learned, just trying to encourage them because how many of you know we want our young guys and young girls to just do better than we've ever done and to go further than we've ever gone and and that's the purpose of it. There's about three of you who believe that. I, I believe that with all my heart. It's one of my purposes. And, uh, and this is what we was talking about. It, and he'd read a book that I'd introduced to a few of the guys a couple of years ago. And he wrote down his purpose statement. I'm not going to say who he is, but this is what he put down. I think it's terrific. I asked him to write it down for me this morning. He says, my purpose is to teach and to train and to equip people to be the best that they can be. I love this. To lead people in meaningful, heartfelt times of worship. To innovate and create better and more efficient ways of doing things. There's three very, very clear, distinctive things there that run through that statement. And this will help this young guy just keep a sense of focus and direction as the years approach. Jesus himself was clear on his purpose. Let's just look at John chapter 12 if you're not sure that we're... um, you know, you say, are you really sure? Jesus was very, very sure on what he was here to do. We find in John chapter 12 and verse 27, I wonder if we could just show it on the screen. He says this, now my soul is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. This was talking about him, him, him actually going to be hanging upon a cross. But he says this, but for this purpose, I came for this hour, for this very purpose, I came to this generation. There was a purpose for me coming. And there was a purpose for me dying. 
Let's look at another one. John chapter 18 and verse 37. It reads, You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Do you hear the language of Jesus? It was basically the same. The purpose, the reason, the cause why I came, why I was born, was to testify to the truth of God. And everyone on this side of truth listens to me. Jesus lived his life on purpose. And this is the key characteristic that I see around Jesus being an overcomer. He had a clear sense of purpose. He knew that he came to die for the sins of the world and also to train 12. Who would then carry this message to generations to come. You know what? We're a result, this church, this gathering, as a result of the first century church. There was a group of disciples, a group of apostles, leaders that met, and they were persecuted, and they were harassed, and they were, many of them were murdered and executed, but they carried this message all to whoever would listen. They, they, I don't like the word gossip, but they carried the gospel message to anybody who would listen to them. They drew people to Jesus. They, they spoke about the gospel. They spoke about the cross. They spoke about the discipleship journey. And they gathered in small homes. And then what happened was, because their homes became too small, they then gathered in other homes. And they gathered in temples. And they gathered on the outside, wherever they could go. And there was one guy by the name of Paul who went on boats and rode camels and rode horses and went on foot wherever he could go to to carry this gospel message. And they all lived on purpose. And they all overcame. And Jesus, his purpose was to first of all die, but was to put into these 12 guys a sense of purpose and say, go get it, boys. Go and take, the word. Go and take this gospel to the ends of the earth. What is your purpose? What are you living for? Because I have a real sense in my heart that this is the very thing, if I can just, as I just draw this to a close, this is the reason, if I can say, why I am still here in this church. With a clear sense of purpose. Because you need to know something about me. It hasn't always been easy. It's not easy for any of us. But it's certainly not easy in terms of leading a church. It really isn't. There's been many times when I felt like quitting. Seriously. There's one time when I actually offered my resignation a number of years ago to the leaders. And they said, thankfully they said, go away and go on holiday. (laughs) And then come back. And then when you come back, we're hoping you'll be in a better frame of mind. There's a reason behind that because there was all kinds of stuff that was going off and I just thought it was so overwhelming. I felt damaged and broken and hurt and abused, if I can even use that word, just so wrecked. But it's a sense of purpose that has kept me here. You know when you've got a sense of purpose, you know why you get up in the morning? You get up on purpose. You don't just get up to collect a check from your employer. You get up on purpose. 
Some of you are in the factory. It's not just collecting a check. You need to know that God's called you at this particular time in that factory on purpose. On purpose. Everything we need to do, we need to do on purpose. We have a clear sense that this is what I'm here to do at this particular time. You see, this purpose personally has kept me and Caroline, not just from quitting this church, but from quitting ministry. There's a time when I thought ministry was not for me. I need to get out of ministry. I will say this, aren't you glad that I didn't do that? And I'm glad I didn't do that. Because only God knows where we would have been. There was a sense of purpose that just kept me strong. Yeah, and people's encouragement was helpful. So helpful, needed. But I want to tell you the main thing was this sense of purpose. That there was more to my life. That God had laid his hand on me for a particular purpose. And so this purpose enabled me to overcome. Well, what are you saying? Well, I've already mentioned some of them. So when heartbreak comes. Anybody ever experienced heartbreak? So when you experience heartbreak, when you experience betrayal, when you experience false accusations, when you experience temporary defeats, when you experience setbacks, when you experience failures and mistakes, when you experience loss, whatever that loss may be, the loss of a husband, the loss of a wife, The loss of a mom or dad. The loss of a child. Whatever that loss is. Whenever you experience lack, things are not there what you need. I want to tell you, every single time, an overcomer. An overcomer will overcome because he has a sense of purpose. Or she has a sense of purpose. Those things that I've just listed, yes, they come to us. But it's a sense of purpose that will keep us going. This is the one thing you need, church. This is the one thing you need, person, here today. Husband, wife, son, daughter, grandpa, grandma, student, employed, unemployed. This is the one thing you need. It's a sense of purpose. Because let me tell you, all these things will come to you. Heartbreak, betrayal, false accusation, temporary defeats, failures, mistakes, loss, lack. They'll all come to you. But you will rise out of them, out of your purpose. And as I close, purpose gives birth to these qualities. Qualities like tenacity. People aren't just born with tenacity. Tenacity tenacity comes out of purpose. I become more purposeful in the days ahead. Those who really know me close know that I've become much more purposeful than I've ever been probably previously. Yeah? And I'm much more tenacious. So it's a stubborn refusal to give in. I won't give in. I'm not talking about being stubborn and when you're wrong. Husbands, we know all that. Well, that's like, don't we, when we're wrong. Anybody here here always wrong? Don't answer that, guys, because your wives are probably next to you. Okay. I'm talking about you just know something's right. 
And there's a stubborn refusal to, to quit. I'm tenacious. Oh, I'm tenacious. You want to get in a meeting with me when I know we're right? There's not much budging me. I'm tenacious. That does, I wasn't just born with that. That comes out of a sense of purpose. I know why I'm here. I know what are we doing. I know where we're going as a church. People try to say, don't run food bank here. Wasn't that right? It's going to be an absolute calamity. It's rubbish. You're feeding. Did, 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 did. I wasn't interested. You can say all you want. Not listening. La, 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 la. Don't involve them. La, 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 la. Not interested. Because it's out of a sense of purpose. And these qualities begin to arise in an overcomer. Jesus was tenacious. There's another thing that happens. Another quality trait that comes quickly is that sense of forgiveness. It's easy to forgive when you have a sense of purpose. It is. If you, aren't na- if you, don't, you can't nail forgiveness, you're really going to have a difficult journey through life because people are going to hurt you. They are going to let you down. Some will mean to, some won't. Most won't, actually. I believe that. Most won't. They won't mean to do it. But some will. But it's purpose that I believe just gives birth to this forgiveness. Because I don't want to be cluttered by bitterness. Hello? Because what's the opportunity? You either have forgiveness or what? Bitterness. Two choices. You hold something or you release it. Purpose will say to you, don't hold it. Because it's going to wreck your purpose. Release it. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? Hope. You're not just born with hope. Hope is believing for me for a better tomorrow. I'm believing for a better tomorrow. I'm believing next Sunday for a better Sunday than this Sunday. I'm believing for a better Monday than last Monday. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm believing for a better year next year than this year. Amen? Hope for tomorrow. Hope for tomorrow. But it comes out of purpose. Oh God, if you've said this, if I'm going to walk this kind of life, if you're asking me to do these kinds of things for you, then it fills me with hope. And thankfulness and gratitude. That's another one that I think just flows out of this. Some people are so ungrateful with the life that they've, they've got. And I've at times been so ungrateful with my life. We've got no reason to be ungrateful. None of us. We're living, we're breathing. We may not have everything we want. Things might have happened to us. But let's live with gratitude in our hearts. Gratitude comes out of purpose. I get up in the morning, I've got a sense of purpose. I just understand that this is the season that I'm in. Yeah? If the season's not great, guys, I understand that. But just get up, get out of bed with that renewed sense of purpose, hope in your heart, letting the stuff go, and just keep walking forward. Just keep walking forward. Just keep going. Just keep going. And know that God will help you. In Jesus' name. So, the spirit of an overcomer. The one thing that I believe we can see from the life of Jesus. The one thing that an overcomer needs is a sense 
of purpose. Let me conclude by reading 2 Timothy in chapter 4, verse 6 through to 8. Paul, nearing the end of his time on earth, the man who I just mentioned who took this gospel on horse and fought across the world, he says this, For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. But I fought the good fight. Oh, I love this stuff. This really stirs me up. This is like a Braveheart movie for me. This is a Braveheart moment. I love, anybody like Braveheart? I know it's a bit blood and go, oh, I love Braveheart. Can't watch it with the kids. Oh, I love it. Oh, go on. Go on, have him. Go on, William. Give him. Go on. Go on, son. And those stirring speeches, which is one of those moments. Let me go back to the text. Let me get spiritual now. Oh, man. Okay. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I challenge you to take that card. Just simply begin to jot some thoughts down. Let it come out of your Bible reading. Let it come out of what you enjoy. Let it come out of what stirs you and inspires you. Just write your sense of purpose down there. And I want to tell you that one thing will enable you to get out of bed each morning and go another day. It will enable you to have tenacity. It will enable you to forgive. It will enable you to carry hope in your heart. And you will have a gratitude that is amazing. I wonder if we bow our heads for a moment in prayer.